Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, a very good evening to all of you. And um, we thank the Lord for giving us this opportunity to um, have English preachings on Fridays. Because it's been for the last few months, I've been doing Assyrian and English together on the same day. And probably uh, most of you came uh, to the school in Bonnerick Heights. And it was very difficult for us to have two lectures in two different languages at the same time. But thank God it's, we have the opportunity now and we are here in the church. And every Friday from uh, now on, it will be here in this church, God's willing. Tonight, as some of you are aware, last Friday we talked about the Lord's Prayer. And um, I thought that I was going to finish the Lord's Prayer, but I got stuck at Our Father in Heaven. And uh, it took me about an hour just to talk about Our Father in Heaven. So I said, Our Father in Heaven, I'm going home now because I didn't finish the whole Lord's Prayer. So we're going to continue, and hopefully we will be stuck. <laughs> Your kingdom come. <laughs> if anybody wants to know what Christianity is all about, you tell them, read the Lord's Prayer. You want to know what your faith is, what your duty and obligation is, how you believe, what you believe, who do you believe? It's all in these verses. The Lord's Prayer, the disciples of the Lord Jesus, the 12 disciples, one day they came and approached Him and they said, Lord, you know, we've been noticing all the other disciples of John the Baptist and, and other teachers, they have their own disciples. We see then when they get together, they pray. We've been with you for a little while, Lord, and you've never prayed. And you never said to us, guys, when you get together, you need to say something. We've been just walking and with you, going and coming and listening to you and seeing your miracles, but you never taught us how to pray. So when we, when we get together, what do we say? Immediately. Now, this is the wisdom of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, all praise and glory to his name. Immediately, he said, well, every time you want to pray, say, our Father who art in heaven. And the Lord said these beautiful verses in a split second. My goodness. That just proves he is divine, meaning he is God. For someone to put such a beautiful text in a split second without thinking about it. Yet, if we look at the depth and the width and the height and the surrounding of this, of, of this text, you will see it. It's everlasting and it's infinite. It's infinite. We talked last time, last uh, Monday it was, that... The Lord Jesus, uh, this is just an introduction before I go on to the next stage or the next step. The Lord Jesus, um, he spoke two languages at, at, of his time. It was the Aramaic or Syriac, Suryoyo, and also the Hebrew language. 
because at the time of the Lord, um, you needed to learn or to speak Hebrew and read Hebrew because if you enter a synagogue or enter any official government bodies, any official places, government bodies or synagogues, a synagogue is like a, a place of worship for the Jewish people. So if you enter any of these, you must speak Hebrew. You are not allowed to speak the Aramaic language. So the Lord Jesus, the Holy Mother, and the disciples would have spoken to the, the two languages. And we said that Hebrew came from Aramaic. Aramaic is more ancient than the Hebrew, or is the origin of the Hebrew language. If we look at the Hebrew language, it is exactly the same alphabet as the Assyrian language. Aramaic is Assyrian. It is exactly the same alphabet. If I, just, if I spend just some time, I will read, write Hebrew, no problems, because it's my language. It's my language. So, um, our father Abraham, he had a son Isaac, and Isaac had a son Jacob. This is in brief. Father Abraham, he came from Babylon, Iraq. Ur was the capital city of Babel, which is Iraq at the moment. Um, so our father Abraham spoke Aramaic. His son Isaac spoke Aramaic. His grandson Jacob spoke Aramaic. But at the time of Jacob, the Hebrew language started to come and on surface. But the Lord Jesus, when he was walking with the disciples, going from one town to another, from one village to the other, he spoke Aramaic with them. So when the Lord taught the, uh, this prayer, he said it in Aramaic. Now, in Aramaic, which is the original text, and sometimes we need to go back to the original text to understand the text and the context of it. Because there are some words, they lose meanings when they are translated to other languages. And you can't help it. You can't help it. But in the original text, our father is totally has different meaning. And what do I mean by that? The Aramaic language is, is the slang language, the informal. The Hebrew was the formal, the, the language of the book. But Aramaic was slang. For example, in English, when you speak formally to someone, you say, good morning, how are you? But if you speak informal, g'day, mate, how you going? So Aramaic is like, g'day, mate, how you going? Hebrew is, good morning, Mr. Smith, how are you today? G'day, mate, that's Aramaic. So the Lord Jesus taught the lang this prayer in Aramaic. So if we go to the Aramaic language, the Lord would have said, Abon d'bashmeyo, or Awon d'bashmeyo. Now, Abon, or Awon, in Aramaic, literally means daddy, not father. Now, why? Why is it so important to know the meaning of it, or the, original, the origin of it? Because the Lord Jesus here is saying, when you call, when you call your father daddy, that means you are a family member. You are the son of that father. And when your father, when this person is your father, then you do not speak to your father formally. You speak informally, but with respect. So you don't get up in the morning, I'm repeating myself here, but you don't get up in the morning and say, Good morning, Mr. Smith. How are you? I, this is your dad, Mr. Smith. Good morning, Mr. Smith. How are you? I hope you had a great night and a great dream. Mr. Smith, may I ask you a question if you don't mind? And then he'll say, please do. Mr. Smith, can I have $10? Why? 
because I feel like having a fish burger and a chocolate sundae. Well, you're not going to talk to daddy like that because if you're going to be formal with your own father, what kind of life is that, man? I'm, I feel like I'm in prison and I'm choking, I'm suffocating. What do you do with your daddy? You get up. Ah, oh, g'day, dad. How you going, mate? All right, give me 10 bucks, will you? That's how you speak to dad. Jesus says, when you come and approach me, I want you to understand one thing. I am your daddy. Do not be afraid. Do not be concerned. Do not be troubled. Do not be suspicious. Do not be hesitant because I'm your daddy. But don't lose track that I am your God. You speak to me informally, but with respect. When I say to my dad, G'day, dad, how you going? I still respect him, and I don't lose track of that respect. But I can't talk to my dad formally. That's not a family anymore. Because family is love. And in love, there are no formalities and barriers that I've got to overcome. That's my brother, my sister, my dad, my mom. Hello. I love you all. My dad is a president. He goes, everybody salutes him. But when he comes in, I say, hi, dad. How are you, mate? I don't need to get up in his presence. But everyone else, as a stranger outside, gets up. So when Jesus came to earth, when he dressed up in this flesh, he came so that the Almighty God can be my daddy. The Almighty God can be my daddy. One day, a person approached me. And he asked me a question. He was not Christian, that person. And he asked me, about, he asked me a question about my faith. And then, in return, I asked him a question. I said, do you believe in God? He said, of course. I said, do you believe that he is the only one and the only living true God? that created everything, visible and invisible, heaven, earth, everything, including us? He said, of course. I said, have you seen him? He said, no. Can you see him? He said, no. Have you heard his voice? No. Can you hear his voice? No. Do you know what he wants from you? No. I said, how can you worship him then? You're lying to yourself. Can you see God? It's impossible. Can you fully understand God? It is impossible. It's not hard. It's impossible. Don't even think about it. I'm telling you. It's a fact. Then the question is, how can you say to yourself, I'm going to work in this company. I can never see the boss. I don't understand the boss. I don't know what the boss wants of me to do in this company. And you say, I'm working in this company. What kind of job you got? What are you doing there? So how can I know God? The only way I get to know God when God becomes daddy. That's the only way. That's the only way. And who did this? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. All the religions of the world, with all due respect, there is no religion of the world that refers to God as dad. It's a crime, it's a sin, it's blasphemy. Because... When you say God is my dad, what are you saying? Is, are you his son? God cannot have a son. Whoa, that's a sin. But hang on. 
As a stranger, how do you know your master? Who knows the master? Only the one who lives at home with him. That, and the only one that lives at home has to be the son of that home. Because the inheritor of that house has to be a son, not a stranger. You know, I can have a, my own son and I can have a slave working for me. And that slave does everything I tell him to do. And he is nothing but loyal to me. My own son is naughty, cheeky little bugger, doesn't listen to me. But when the time comes for this house to be given as a title deed, I will give it to my own son, not to the stranger. Because only the child of the house inherits the kingdom, the house, the property. So the Lord Jesus came and said, your God that is invisible, un in you cannot reach, you cannot understand, you cannot comprehend through Jesus, now God is daddy and daddy is no longer a stranger because no one here can say, I don't know my dad. Everybody knows their dad. When God is my dad, he's not a stranger. Therefore, I get to know him and to know what he expects of me. That's why the Lord said, every time you pray, you say, our father in heaven. We talked about this. I'm not going to go through it. It's recorded. Hopefully, it'll come out soon. Our father in heaven hallowed be your name now the lord's prayer we can we can divide it into we can say it's a seven statement prayer the lord's prayer in total is a seven statement prayer three statements the first three are for god and the next four are for us human the first three are for god related directly to him and the other four are related for us human with one another what are the first three our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your name be holy. Holy, that's one. What is it, the next one? Your kingdom come. Kingdom, two. Your will be done. So the first three relates to God. Our Father who art in heaven, and Father is saying, okay, you're praying to me. What do you want? And I said last time, if any one of you here, when, when you go and pray, and you get concerned whether God heard my prayer or not you get worried have I been heard am I good enough was my prayer good enough as a good standard has God really heard it has it reached him or not tonight Jesus Christ is telling you not me Jesus Christ himself is telling you the moment the moment you invoke you say our father who art in heaven God's ear is stuck on your lips. You can't get any closer than this. So rest assured, the moment you say, Our Father who art in heaven, God is all ears listening to your prayer. There is no one in the universe can stop your prayer from getting to God. There is no power that can separate that from God because He is the Almighty the omnipresent, the omnipotent. He is in charge, the supreme authority, the sovereign God. No one else can ever get into his way. No one. No Satan, no I don't know what, magic, all this crap. Nothing. The moment you say, our daddy who art in heaven, be positive, be strong, trustworthy, that God has 100% heard my voice. 100%. 
That's why this prayer is the foundation of all prayers. This prayer is the foundation of all prayers because it's not the only prayer, but it is the foundation that you build other prayers onto it. Because this is talking about God is your dad. You say, our Father who art in heaven. And look at this. The prayer is in a plural format, not a singular format. Our Father. You know, you'll be alone at home in your room, but when you get up and pray, you don't say my Father. You say our Father. But you're not many, you're one. But Jesus says, love is sharing and caring. When you pray, don't be selfish and pray just for yourself. You need to include all other people in your prayer. Wow, Christianity is a huge family. Everyone, wherever they are in this world, with any corner of this world, when they get up and say, Our Father, that person has prayed for all those who have God as their Father. Christian world. It's amazing. Jesus is unbelievable. With His love, He shares everyone with it, and He blends everyone into it. It's a plural format, because love is not a one-way street. It's not a selfish. It's a two-way street. That's why I don't use I or me. We, all of us. There is no difference between us. We are all equal in the eyes of God. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. These three are for God. Every time you say the Lord's Prayer, you are saying to God, Daddy, I'm here, and you brought me to this world, you brought me to this life, so that your name be hallowed in me, your kingdom come into me, and your will be done in me as it is done in heaven. I'm given a promise. I'm entering a contract with the Almighty God. I'm coming and, uh, with a handshake with God and I'm saying, God, please, I'm praying to you, help me. You're my daddy. And if God is my daddy, then what am I to him? A son and a daughter, yes? Then as a son and as a daughter, we should act accordingly, according to the rank God has given us. God is in heaven. And I'm saying, Daddy who art in heaven. My Daddy who is in heaven. So if you're my Daddy, I'm acknowledging automatically that I'm your son. If you're my dad, then I'm your son. Then God is going to come back and say, Okay, you just called me Daddy. Then I'm going to come back and call you son. Where is my son? Clubbing? Stealing? Drugs, alcohol, bad things, swearing. Is that a son of God? Would Jesus do that? He is the son of God. Would Jesus take drugs, steal, swear, hurt people? Of course not. So God is saying, if you're praying to me, then you need to understand your position. Where are you according to me? Are you my son really? Or are you just saying a few words and you're going away? As a son, God, please help me. Please help me 
so that I can maintain this position as a, as a, as a worthy son to you. Because you are holy. You are holy. Your, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. What does that mean? Let your name be hallowed through me, by me. Can I make God's name holy? Of course not. Because God is holy regardless whether I say, do or not. God will always be holy. My actions will not affect God's holiness. But as a daddy, he would love to see us as his children to maintain his image in a very holy way. As Christians, other people see us, non-Christians, and maybe other Christians when we meet. Do we reflect the image of this holy God in our way of talking, walking, actions? Or do we reflect a very ugly image? But I'm here praying, asking God, my daddy, please daddy, help me so that your name is hallowed through me. So that my actions, let my actions be good. Let my actions be worthy. Let my actions be holy, so that when they see me, they praise you, God. When they see me, they praise you. When they see me, let them say, if Jesus Christ is this good, then I'm going to love Jesus because of you. Because I don't see Jesus, but I see you. And when I see your good deeds... And you say, I belong to Jesus, then I will know that Jesus is good. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had a good daughter. He must have taught her good things. Do we reflect the true color image of Jesus? This prayer is so deep. It's so deep. It's, there is no time, I think. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Look at the order. Look at the order of this prayer. Your name be holy in me, your kingdom come in me, and your will be done in me. Because why in this order? Why, why was not swapped? Why your will be done was not number one? Or the other way around. Why your name be holy, then your kingdom, then your will? Wow. Because... The kingdom of God cannot come into us unless we are holy. Because God cannot dwell in a place that is not holy. And what is holy? Light, pure, clean, bright, white. God cannot dwell in a house that is dirty. God cannot dwell in a heart that is ugly and that is, that is dark and full of envy and jealousy and hatred and all bad things. Cannot dwell God needs to dwell in a place that is clean like Him, pure like Him, holy like Him, bright light like Him. He can't come into a dark place because He is light. So that's why my kingdom cannot come into you unless you are holy. And how were you made holy? Through my son Jesus on the cross. When He shed His blood on the cross, He cleansed you from all your sins. He washed away all your iniquities, all your wrongdoings, all your dirt and filth and ugly things that you had before. His blood, his body and blood is the cleansing mechanism for all your problems. And my son did that 
when my son died on the cross, when my son rose from the dead on Sunday, then he said to Mary Magdalene, go and tell my brothers, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. My goodness, Jesus, there is nowhere in the New Testament that Jesus himself ever said to anyone, my brother, never. Before the crucifixion, Jesus never mentioned anything about you're my brother or you're my sister. But the only time Jesus said to someone, you're my brother, when he rose from the dead. You know why? Because if Jesus had said prior to the cross and the resurrection, if Jesus had said to anyone of the people of his time, you're my brother and my sister, what would that person be then to God? A son. Because Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And if He calls you brother, then what are you to God? A son. How can you be a son to God, yet you are living in sin? Jesus is not dead yet, has not shed His blood, the sin is not washed away. Jesus cannot call anyone my brother. Therefore, if any Christians believe that Mother Mary had sons after Jesus, they are making a huge mistake. Theologically huge mistake. Jesus can never have a brother or a sister. Because he is the only son of God, because he is the only holy temple of God that God is well pleased in, to him you should listen. Jesus, as a human, is the only perfect human being that never broke God's word, never sinned, never even thought of making a sin. Not only doing, but never thought. So God dwelt in Jesus, the human, in perfection, in completion. The whole divine God dwelt in him. That's why Jesus is the only perfect God and perfect man at the same time. The only. That is why when Jesus died and rose from the dead, he said to Mary Magdalene for the first time, go and call my brothers. Wow. Because now I can call Simon my brother, Andrew, Philip, and all the rest my brother, because I died and rose my blood washed your sins. Now you are my brothers. Because to be my brothers, you need to be pure, perfect like me in order to be worthy to be the son of the almighty God. Your name be holy in me. Well, that was done through the Lamb of God, Jesus of Nazareth. He made me holy. And by making me holy through his blood, the sacrificial Lamb of God, then I, I was cleansed and I was now worthy for the kingdom of God to come into me. When I say this prayer, and I say these words, your kingdom come, I am automatically saying to myself, a kingdom is what? As a place, yeah? A kingdom is a place. Now, whenever there is a place, there is people, true? And whenever there is people, there are ways. I go from Faithful to Liverpool, right? Australia or Sydney is a kingdom, for example. Okay, so I'll make it simple. Sydney is a kingdom, and I'm living in this kingdom. The, the kingdom is this place, and this place is called Sydney. Now, I'm living in this place, and there are other people in this place, but there is one that governs this place. The Premier of New South Wales. And then you have the Prime Minister of Australia. The, the, the Supreme Authority. Every place has a governing body. And in that governing body, there is one supreme authority that rules on that kingdom. And I am an abiding citizen in this kingdom. 
And if I don't follow the rules and the regulations and the guidelines of this kingdom by through the governing body, then I get punished accordingly. True? You speed, they book you. You steal, they jail you. You pinch, they pinch you. You goody-goody, they goody-goody you. Whatever you do, for every action, there is a reaction. So when I'm saying your kingdom come, what am I automatically saying to God? I'm saying, you are my king. The kingdom is the place. Come into my heart and you rule my heart. You rule every emotion. You rule every thought. You rule every move. You rule every action. You rule every word gets uttered from this mouth. I'm asking you, I'm begging you, daddy, make me you. Make me you. Do you know how much we need to contemplate on this prayer? Don't fast forward when you pray. Relax. Take your time. Don't rush when you're praying. Don't rush. Your kingdom come so that you be my king over this kingdom. My whole body is the place for you to, to dwell in. My whole being is the place for you to dwell in. And you are in charge of this place. Not me anymore, but you, my dad. That's what I'm saying here. And if I don't mean it, daddy is laughing at me. Daddy is laughing. Or he's going he's gonna to get upset. Because I'm not meaning what I'm saying. He's going to get hurt. Broken heart. Ouch. He's going to cry. Does God cry? Yeah. Since he became a man, he cries. <laughs> God, a spirit, can't cry. But God became a man, and that man, who is perfect God, cries. So, do we break his heart? Yes. Would he cry if we do something? Yes. When we walk away from him, oh my goodness. It shatters him. It shatters him. Because Christianity is all about love. And love is very sensitive. It's a very sensitive area. Your kingdom come. I'm saying you be the king over my life. You be the king over my life. One day, this man saw a dream. Now listen to this. He saw a dream. And he's sitting in this, in, the, in this big house, of so this is double-story house, he's got a big house. And he was sitting, and then there was a knock at the door. And then he, he went to open the door, and it was Jesus Christ. Whoa! He, he, felt, he fell on his face, at his feet. He said, Lord, you come to my house. Oh my goodness, I'm the luckiest man on earth. I can't believe it. Whoa, it's not a dream, it's reality. Wow, wow, wow. Lord, I don't know what to do. He went crazy. He doesn't know what to do. Jesus came to visit him. He said, please, come on in, come on in. And from the happiness and the overwhelming joy, he didn't know what to do. He, he took Jesus to the upper level and he gave Jesus the biggest room in that house. He said, Jesus, this is for you. That's your own. Jesus is a very simple man. He's very simple, down to earth. He said, my son, thank you very much. So he goes down. And after a few minutes, another knock on the door. He runs and opens the door, and that was Satan at the door. He comes in, he bashes this guy to death, almost. And then he walks off. 
And then after a few minutes, this guy recovers. He gets up and he started wondering, how come Satan came into the house and bashed me up and yet Jesus is in my house? Why would you do that? Why Jesus allow Satan to do that? He thought to himself, I must have done something wrong. So he went up to Jesus. He said, Lord, I'm really sorry. Please forgive me. The whole upper level is yours. Not just the room, but the whole upper level. He said, thank you, my son. And he goes down. He sits. After a few minutes, another knock. He opens the door. Satan opens the door, comes in, bashes him up and leaves. He gets up. He says, it's impossible. I gave Jesus the whole upper level. Why did you allow Satan to come into my house and bash me up? I said, you know what? It's not working. I must have done something wrong. It definitely, it's going wrong for me. He went to Jesus. He said, Lord, I'm really sorry. The entire house is yours, and I am a servant in your house if you accept me. The house is yours, Lord. He said, thank you, my son. And after a few minutes, there was a knock at the door. Well, usually, who opens the door? The owner of the house. True or not? Not a stranger, not a visitor, not a servant. The owner of the house opens the door. Who is the owner of the house now? Huh? Who is? Come on, say it. Is he the owner of your house? That's the question he should answer between you and him. So now the door, there was a knock at the door. The house belongs to Jesus. Who opens it? Jesus. So Jesus gets up and opens the door. And then Satan looks and he sees Jesus. He flees. He was before a roaring lion, and now he's a little mouse. Your kingdom come, meaning the whole house is yours, and I am a servant. Not, I give you 20% of my heart, and 80% for me, and for my this and this and this. No, the whole heart is yours, daddy. I give you the whole heart. Don't be greedy with Jesus. Don't share with Jesus. Love cannot share. You're mine, that's it. It can't be someone else. You're mine. Jesus says, every one of you is mine. Someone else comes and shares you. Whoa! I go crazy. And it really breaks my heart. So your kingdom is the whole. You need to learn and ask the Lord to make you able to let go of your old self. And dissolve into Jesus and become him, not you anymore. Before I used to hate. Before I used to get angry. Before I used to swear. Before I used to lie. Before I used to do this. When somebody hurt me, I would never forgive them till death. But now Jesus changed me because I let go of this old ugly person. And I asked Jesus to change my heart, my whole being. Now they swear at me. I pray and bless them. Now they hate me. I love them. Now they kick me out and I embrace them. This is Jesus in the making. Your kingdom come. You are the king over me. This house is yours, daddy. No longer mine. Make me as you wish. Use me as you please. Whatever you want. Whatever you want, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
your will be done on earth. What is earth here? Human beings, us Christians. We are the earth. Your will be done on earth. Your will be done in us Christians as it is in heaven. What is heaven? Angels. Daddy, let your will be done in me as it is done in your angelic orders. All your angels. You know, when God gives an order to any angel, and by the way, one angel can wipe this world before you blink your eye. They are that powerful. Archangel Michael, you don't muck around with him. Satan shakes in the presence of Archangel Michael. Where did he get that authority from? Jesus. Now, Archangel Michael is a servant of Jesus. Us, we are his children. <laughs> we are bigger than Archangel Michael. Archangel Michael can wipe the whole world before you blink your eye. And us, bigger than Archangel Michael, we are scared. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow for me. I don't know what the future holds. Am I going to succeed? Am I going to pass the exam? Am I going to get married? I'm getting older and older and I don't know who's going to marry me after that. And you are the child of God. And you are stronger than all the angels. You have authority that no angel has. Why are you so scared and worried and concerned about your well-being? Isn't daddy capable of looking after you? Come on. Where is your faith? Where is your trust? Where is your hope? Where is your love? Why are you scared? What scares you? Get alive. Nothing. What bothers you? Nothing. Who cares if it's dark now? Who cares if I'm walking through a dark tunnel? My daddy is with me. Even if I walk through the valley of, of death, the shadow of death, I will not fear nothing because you're with me, my Lord. Why are you scared? Why are you worried? Why this anxiety? And then I go to the doctor, I see a psychologist and, I wanna, and they give me tablets. Step on it. What tablets? Have get Jesus as tablet for you. Be strong. Be strong. Your will be done in me as it is done in your angels. When God orders any angel, <laughs> there is no angel that comes and questions God. Or says to God, you know, God, okay, you gave me an order, but I'll think about it. I'll leave it till tomorrow. <laughs> no, he'll get a big kick in the bum out of the, out of the kingdom. When God gives an order to any angel, no matter how high or low their rank is, it is done on the spot. No questions asked, no ifs, no buts, no what. It is done. Angel say, God says to the angel, go and kill 70,000 people. <laughs> you see that in the Old Testament. <laughs> King David. 70,000. He sent an angel. He said, chop him. Now, do you think the angel is going to say, God, please, you know, man, take it easy. 70,000, that's... Have mercy. But the angel knows that God, there is no one like him. There is no one like him in love, in mercy, in kindness, in justice, in fairness, in everything. So he knows whatever God says, it is all good. No matter how ugly or different or difficult it may sound to me and look to me. That is why I'm praying and I'm asking daddy, make me like an angel on earth. So next time you say to me, do this, I don't question you. I don't, you know, come back and think about it twice. Or I go and say, I'm kind of suspicious about this. God, 
let me hear you clearly and do your will with great ease and immediately. Make me like an angel. Give us this day, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day Give us this day, this bread today. Give us our daily bread every day. What is this daily bread? What is this daily bread? Who is the daily bread, first of all? Well, actually, what is the daily bread? Well, the daily bread, if we go back to the Old Testament, and we look in the book of Exodus, when the Israelite nation left Egypt, through Moses, and by God, of course, through Moses, when they wandered in the um, Sinai Desert for 40 years, manna, manna was descending from heaven on a daily basis for the Israelite nation to eat, because they were hungry. So give us this daily bread. This daily bread is the manna of the Old Testament, and the, the manna of the New Testament is John 6. Jesus said, I am the living bread, that descended from heaven. He who eats me shall live in me forever. So the manna of the Old Testament is Jesus Christ himself. Now, if we look again, the Old Testament was written in Greek. The original language of the Old Testament is, is no, sorry, Hebrew, not Greek. I beg your pardon. The original text of the Old Testament is Hebrew. Now, we said earlier, Hebrew came from Aramaic, same language. Manna, we go back to Hebrew or Aramaic, it's two words in one. Mannu hu. Mannu hu. Mannu hu means who is he? Man huwa in Arabic. Man huwa. So manna, when the Israelite nation, when they saw this kind of bread coming down from heaven, when they came, they, they didn't say, what is this? They said, who is this? So they have seen a face of a man on it. 